Turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. I hope you were here this morning to hear Michael's uh, special song that he sang. And I, I have a, a little true story that happened in my daughter's special needs class this week. Uh, most of you know my daughter Angie is a special needs teacher and she gets some of the worst, I don't want to say worst, misbehaving children in the school and uh, she's just beginning but she's got this one little first grade black boy which is just, she loves him to death. And he sits perfectly still and everything's lined up and all that. And then she's got this one fifth or sixth grade girl. The girl's first grade? Good. The first grade girl that won't sit down. She marches around. She knocks things off. She's so misbehaving. And the teachers are constantly saying to her, sit down, sit down, sit down. And as she was passing by the little... Uh, black boy in the first grade there he said you'd better sit down because God Jesus and Santa Claus are in that corner watching <laughs> she went right to her chair and she kept looking at that corner <laughs> isn't that a smart first grade boy amen so oh wow I love that story Wow. 11, chapter 11 of the book of Numbers. We are still chronologically following through uh, Moses in the wilderness. We've closed out the book of Genesis, kind of. We summarized a lot of it at the end. But we, we closed it out and we come over here to Numbers chapter 11 where it begins again. They are in the wilderness a million of them strong, and uh, they're complaining. After God, after God has done so many things for them, they're complaining. Listen, God is there. God is watching. God is listening to them and to us. And there's nothing he cannot do. We're going to see that in this scripture. But there's a passage of scripture here that means so much to me when, when, the, when there gets to be so many people on the, on the prayer list, on the visitation list, on the operation list, on the cancer list. By the way, uh, Boyd Shaw just had his heart surgery this week and might be coming home soon if he's not home already. He had valves replaced in his heart. So, uh, I keep forgetting, please don't feel alarmed if I forget your particular thing. That's the other problem is me forgetting and slighting someone. But that was an intense surgery as well. So uh, I come to this problem here. And Moses, in the wilderness, in a camp setting, we forget that. They're in the wilderness and they're all camping out under the stars. And the people are complaining about food. You brought us out here to die. They should have been directing it to him. But instead they were directing their complaints at Moses. 
Moses is just doing the best he can with what, with, with what God's given him. And they just keep complaining and it never will stop. People will always complain at their leadership. Think about where you work. Didn't people complain about leadership? So we start right here. After all of that, we talked last week about uh, verse 13. When, whence should I have flesh to give unto the, Where do I get the flesh, the meat? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. And then he says, I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Even last Wednesday night, if you were here, I just felt like I was just going to, I felt like I was going to pass out, faint, from all the burdens of our people. And even sitting here around here now, there are those uh, who are in tremendous need. And we need to be praying for those, those people in our congregation that are hurting. And some people learning what kind of problems they have this, this very week. Too heavy. Too heavy. And I thought about this for a long time and prayed a lot. And did, did a lot of visitation. But help me. Not the way you're thinking. I'm not asking you, and you should, you could, but I'm not asking you to do the visiting, or uh, you should and you could, but I am asking you this. Help me. How do I bear the burden? What do you do to bear the burden? Now, there are, there are those people here right now who, if you could see their spirit, they are squashed down, doing squat thrust, up and down, up and down. And there are those here who are, who are actually very sickly. What you share with me, they're listening. Direct your comment at me. But what do you do? Prayer. Amen. Thank you for that. Anyone else? The majority, the majority of people come to you. So that, that, that burdens you down. Mm -hmm. Instead of just your burden, you have 22. Mm -hmm. It's a particular scripture that is meaningful to you at that given time. And keep that going over and over and over in that time. Okay. You're not holding your hand up there, are you, Bob? Okay. Yes. Okay. Now that last part. Through Christ who strengthens me. I can do I can't do this on my own. I can't. I can't do this on my own. I I don't know if it's if it's, if it's just getting if I'm getting older and I can't do it on my own, but I shouldn't do it on my own, should I? I can't do this on my own. And I tell him that constantly. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. By the way, first, first, first service people. We had three adults saved this morning. We had three adults get saved this morning. 
So we're accomplishing things. We're doing things for the Lord. Uh, the Holy Spirit's doing the saving, remember, but he just sort of lays out in the scriptures what people need to hear. But I was trying to point out to them, some of them, some of our people here now, have almost unbearable burdens. That's a verse I use all the time. What else? Practicing the presence of the Lord. I go in to see Mama Zapatost. Never mind. <coughs> I go in to see Nora Z. And as soon as she sees me, if you ever go visit her, you've got to stand on this side of the room because she can't see anything out of this eye. But as soon as she sees me, she goes, Isn't that sweet? Same way with Tony. As soon as he saw me, he went this way. That's symbolic of holding the hand of God through terrible times. And you would not be afraid to walk through any, any forest fire if Jesus was standing at your side. That works for me, his presence. Someone else, what works for you? Yes. Oh, yeah. And that is one of the most precious Do you have it there? Is that what you're looking at right now? Now, don't shut that, because I'd like for you to read the first two verses of Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in my Amen. Someone else then. That's what Rick said. Yeah. Look at the past. See how God's got yeah, you through. Yeah, you don't realize that we still are in awe how God brought us through. Amen. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Amen. Even as I look around, I, I see so many of us, so many that I have visited in hospitals, so many that have had broken ribs falling over end tables, uh, so many that have had some terrible tragedies or are going to. Some have had motorcycles falling on them. 
Some have had their shoulders reversed, so now when they're going that way, their shoulder's going that way. I think that's what they're doing to Jim Chapel, isn't it? I think so. If you don't want me to preach tonight, come up with more reasons, more things you do when the burdens get too high, because I still haven't heard what Moses did. Somebody, what did Moses do? Huh? Well, that was the couple verses before, but now what's he doing? How does God answer him? You're supposed to read ahead. Look at Boots. She's reading ahead. Yes! Some things are too hard for us to carry by ourselves. Years ago, years ago, years ago when Harry was only 90, I had something wrong with my washing machine. I'll be right over. Well, Harry, I, 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 I won't be here for a minute. I'll leave the back door open for you. Okay. So I was gone for a call real quick, and I came back and went down in the basement. And here's 90-year-old Harry, just teasing, with the washing machine tipped up and all the way underneath it. And he fixed my washing machine, by the way. He's retired now. Now he wants you to take all your appliance problems to Zane. <laughs> but he is retired now. But you know how he got things done? He can't, he can't pick up washing machines and dryers. He had the most handy little hand truck with straps on it. That's our Lord. We can strap him to any problem we have and he helps us get through. Friends... Friends get us through. Where would we be without friends? There's, I, I got a small back problem. I can handle 50-pound bags of salt, but not six of them. So I tell, my, I, I tell our young bucks, our young backs, and they go out and get them into my basement for me. We need to be able to ask for help. Lord, I can't do this by myself. I just can't. I need help. And in this scripture, God is going to say, okay, okay, okay. Because this is the second time he's complained about not being able to do it himself. So he says, go out and choose ye 70 of your wisest men. To help you. Now it can be done. The job can be done. It's still going to be 39 years in the wilderness. The problem with having too much help is you start to lose a little bit of control. It's going to be God that gets them through. By the way, while I turn my back and go up to the stage, still some of you have skipped. Galatians chapter 6. While I'm going up to the stage right now, would you look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6 is the Apostle Paul telling the 
Galatians what they should do when their burden is too, is too much. Straight from the Apostle Paul's pen. Brethren, chapter 6, verse 1. If a man be overtaken in a fault, in a sin, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. The word burden here is an absolutely different word from just below there. We're in verse 5 where it says, Every man shall bear his own burden. In the Greek language, his own burden is speaking of a knapsack. Every man should be able to handle his own knapsack. Sometimes there's things we shouldn't be giving away. It's for us to handle. It can be handled by us and the Lord. But other times, it's too much. And again in verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens. That's the word for heavy, a heavy burden. That's where we need help. That's where, that's where when we take our stage apart for, uh, for weddings and, and for baptisms, it takes more than one person generally. So important for us to remember, Moses was breaking down. He had just said, kill me. I can't handle this anymore. It's too much. Tonight, maybe, we'll find out that he is the meekest man on the face of the earth. And generally, people walk all over meek people. But in this case, God's going to step in and he's going to punish those that are complaining against him. So, if you haven't learned it, be ready to ask for help when you've got a burden too much, even if it's just going to someone for prayer or a small group for prayer. Verse 14, again, Numbers 11, verse 14. I am not able to bear all these people alone. It's too heavy for me. And if thou deal this, and if, and if thou deal thus with me, kill me. I pray thee, kill me out of hand, kill me right now, if I have found favor in thy sight. If you love me, kill me. But God had so much more for him. So instead of killing him, and we talked about suicide last week, we have this passage with Moses, and we have that passage with Elijah. And again, do do you know when uh, most pastors who commit suicide, do it Sunday nights. When the the burden of the ministry is just so much, they can't stand it anymore, and they don't see that they're having any effect on anybody. It's all being wasted, and it's mental. They go mentally ill. Be careful. You never know who simply needs a pat on the back. You're, you're human beings. Human beings have a, have a, 
a high, a rise and a fall, a rise and a fall uh, in their lives. You have emotional highs, you have emotional lows. He has just said, Moses has just said, if, you don't, if you're not going to help me, kill me. And God helps him. God helps him. Excuse the uh, ice cream people. I'm not able to bear this people alone because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal this way, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, and let, not, and let me not see my wretchedness. Verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders, the mature ones of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, the mature ones, officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with me. Tabernacle. When you have a million people, you've got lots of little pup tents. Lots of a little bit larger tents. Tabernacle is the largest tent. And it, it's going to have the Ark of the Covenant in it. And it's the central place for worship. Bring these people to the tabernacle and stand there with them. Verse 17. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee. That thou bear it not thyself alone. Do you get that? Choose me out 70 people. Divide the million people by 70. And give each, each elder a a group of people that they are responsible for. Then Moses says, I can handle it. I like the idea, though. Here's the 70 people. And God comes down in a cloud, and he talks to Moses in front of them. And that passes off to them. Moses has God's authority on him. God's respect, that makes them respect him because God is talking with him. And say thou, verse 18, unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us meat to eat? For it is well, for it's well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat it. Now, they're going to regret that. You want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. Kind of reminds me of my dad coming down the hallway when we were very young. God is going to give them, if you want to cry about no meat, I'll give you meat. And that's what he does. He's going to give them meat. You shall not eat one day, verse 19, nor two days. You won't eat for five days, neither ten days or twenty days. But a whole month you're going to eat until it comes out your nostrils. 
And again, that sounds like my own dad speaking to us youngins. You don't want ice cream? Go over there and give them your money anyway. You want ice cream? Take it until it comes out your nose. No, don't do that. Would that hurt you? Oh. But this is God and this is showing us how God doesn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. But they were showing regrets. God does not like regrets. He doesn't like us to look back in our past to see the, the, to see the joy and the pleasure of sin. He doesn't want us to do that. He's saved us from our past. Whoever we are, when we give our lives to God, we, we have the, the, with his power upon us. The past is the past. Now we go forward and we serve the Lord. Verse 20, you're going to eat a whole month until it comes out your nostrils. And it be, if, if that be loathsome to you, because that you have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? Now listen, that's a big principle right there. Don't forget your purposes. When you forget your purposes in life, whatever they might be, one is to serve one another and to serve God. We are not to forget. Why did you come out of Egypt? God is saying to them, you have forgotten why. And yes, when you come out of Egypt, yes, you did have food, but you've also forgotten the whip and the pain and the suffering. They treated you like dogs. They've forgotten all that. We often look back in the past, a quote from last week's message, we often look back into our, our past and we only remember the suppers, but not the sufferings. Why did we come forth out of Egypt? They came forth out of Egypt to worship and serve the Lord. They were his people. They came forth and he's intending to take them into the promised land. Now, soon we're going to see their lack of faith, their lack of faith why he doesn't take them into the promised land. Time is nothing. A generation is nothing. And he's going to kill off the unfaithful older generation that all their life were slaves anyway. He's going to kill them off in 38 and a half years. And then Joshua is going to take the next generation into the promised land. And Moses said, verse 21, the people among whom I am, he says, are 600,000 footmen. And thou hast said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Stopping right there for a moment. If you've got 600,000 men, how many more women do you have? What's the average size of a Hebrew family? Believe it or not, it was like 8 or 10 or 12. He's speaking to the Lord, I've got 600,000 men, let alone women and children. You're going to feed all that many people? 
How in the world are you going to do that? Verse 22, shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them? And the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm not hearing an answer. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. We're going to stop right there as Larry comes. We've got to sing Bob's song. Come on up. But nothing is too hard for the Lord. And with this kind of prayer covering each one of us in a spiritual family, nothing is too hard. Stay on your knees. Keep praying. Take the presence of the Lord. Trust in him no matter what. Please, as he comes, please turn to 521 in the red book. 